I want to start with a poem this morning. It's called Lost by David Wagoner. Stand still. The trees ahead and bushes beside you are not lost. Wherever you are is called here, and you must treat it as a powerful stranger. Must ask permission to know it and be known. The forest breathes. Listen. It answers. I have made this place around you. If you leave it, you may come back again, saying, here. No two trees are the same to raven. No two branches are the same to wren. If what a tree or a bush does is lost on you, you are surely lost. Stand still. The forest knows where you are. You must let it find you. So you've been asking what I did to get in here. I must have looked surprised because the young man with the crooked glasses and the goofy smile followed it up by saying, yeah, you have. You keep asking me why I'm here. I stayed quiet and motioned for him to take a seat, welcomed him to share what was on his mind. It was my second or third week serving as a chaplain at a community corrections prison a reentry center on East Lake Street in Minneapolis that's a transition point for men as they finish their prison sentences and reenter the community. I was there to spend 300 hours serving as a chaplain to a group of men living in a converted funeral home, still operating under the prison paradigm of controlled movement as they worked to put in place the employment, housing, and community supports they would need to successfully leave and hopefully not return to prison. In those 300 hours, we walked labyrinths, I taught meditation classes, I led Bible study groups, and with my friend Jack, also a member and seminarian here, held a yoga class in the basement. And perhaps more than anything else that I did, I did a lot of listening and a lot of learning. One of the things that I learned was that I never asked what people had done to find themselves in prison. What they'd done had no bearing on my ability to care for them. And more importantly, it felt important to me for their stories to be something that they shared with me of their own accord, not something that I found from reading files. So I was a little taken aback when the young man insisted that I'd, been, that I'd been asking for his story. Nevertheless, I thought that this might be his way of opening up his story to me. So I invited him in to talk. And I'm glad I did, because I learned a lesson that day that I will never forget. He sat down across from me in that dim conference room and I shut the door. And he shared with me that he had committed a crime that likely all of us would find terrible and deeply troubling. And he ended it by saying, so now you know what I did and you can think what you want to think. And now when I go out there, pointing outside the building, 
People see me, they know what I did, and they look at me with disgust and hatred. Now, you or I would see him, pass him on the street, perhaps see that goofy smile, and think nothing of it. But in his heart, he's walking through the world receiving hate and derision from everyone whose gaze settles on him. Sit with that for a minute. Strangers you've never seen before know the worst thing that you've done just by looking at you, and they hate you for it. This is one of the side effects of being reduced to a single story, a single name and hearing it repeated over and over and over again for years and years and years. Incarcerated members of our communities carry these stories like a burden that they will never be able to put down. Names like felon or ex-con and the stories attached have power. And part of my question, part of my learning, was wondering how we tell a new story after prison. When I accepted the invitation to preach today, I knew that I couldn't share these stories alone, that mine couldn't be the only voice telling a new story about prison, so I put out a call to the men at the reentry center, and Thomas Wright stepped up. Thomas and I got to know each other while I was still at my internship, and we've both since left, finishing our respective commitments there. I've gotten to know him better since leaving, and my appreciation for who he is as a person and what he's trying to do in the world has only grown. After our musical offering, I hope you'll join me in welcoming Thomas to our pulpit. <laughs> 